You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. And uh, I got a question for you this morning as you turn your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah, chapter number 9. Do you believe today that God is good? Do you believe today that God is good? And I, and I ask that question because there's not too many people sitting in church that would say, well, no, I don't believe God's good at all. Um, most people wouldn't say that out loud. But, um, but I want to just challenge that this morning a little bit. Uh, believing God is good. In Nehemiah chapter number 9, we, we saw last week a, a people who heard the word of God. They heard the law of God. And we saw how that God's law, like a mirror, like a mirror between the, God's laws like a mirror and then a light shining on that mirror. And what it reveals is it reveals the holiness of God, but it also reveals our sinfulness uh, deep down inside and shows us who we really are apart from Christ. And so as a result of that, these people actually did know God, but they, were, they, they, they saw that they had rejected God's way, that they had neglected God's law. And so they're broken. I mean, how do you feel when you see yourself as the sinner you are? You see your sin. You see your shortcomings. They were broken, and they repented, and they, and they cried out for forgiveness. But here's the great thing about God. When you cry out for forgiveness, the Bible says this, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when these people confess their sins, guess what God does? Just like He does with you and I, He forgives. He forgives. But the people are here, they're still mourning here in Nehemiah chapter number 9. But then beginning in verse number 6, the Bible says, well, we'll start in verse number, uh, I'll mention verse 4 and 5. This is when the leaders, the Levites and the priests said, hey guys, okay, I know you've been mourning, but now it's time to stand up. It's time to get your eyes off of your own failures, off of your own circumstances, and it's time to get your eyes on God. So now you've been down repenting and you've been down praying and you've been down confessing. Now let's stand up and bless the Lord. And he tells them why. He says because God is good. Look in verse 6 of Nehemiah chapter number 9. It says, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all things therein the seas and all that is therein, and thou preservest them all. And the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Thou art the Lord, the God who didst choose Abraham, or I'm sorry, Abram, and broughtest him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees, and gavest him the name of Abraham, and foundest his heart faithful before thee, and madest a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, the Jebusites and the Girgashites to give. I say, to his seed thou hast preformed thy words, for thou art righteous. And didst see the affliction of our fathers in Egypt, and hardness there, and I'm sorry, heardest their cry by the Red Sea, and showed us signs and wonders upon Pharaoh, on all his servants, and on all his people of his land, for thou knewest that they dealt proudly against them. So didst thou get thee a name, as it is this day. And thou didst divide the sea before them, so that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land. And their persecutors thou threwest into the deeps as a stone into the mighty waters. Moreover, thou lettest them in the 
day by a cloud, a cloudy pillar, and in the night by a pillar of fire to give them light in the way wherein they should go. Thou camest down also upon Mount Sinai and spake, spakest with them from heaven and gavest them right judgments and true laws, good statutes and commandments, and thou madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant and gavest them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought us forth water for them out of the rock for, the, for their thirst and promised to them that they should go in to possess the land which thou hadst sworn to give them. Now I'm going to stop reading right there. And I often think about when I'm reading a passage like that, you know, you just put things into the context. Many of us have been in church uh, long enough to where this is what we do. We come to church on a Sunday morning and, you know, we sing and we read. But if you just pause a second and you think, now why would I take time out of my life to come hear a guy read what he just read? Why do I care about Abram? Why do I care about Moses? Why do I care about Egypt? What does any of that have to do with me? Why, why should I care about that? What's it got to do with God? But the awesome thing is, is I want to show you that it's very relevant to your life today. And I talked about, I started off by asking that question about the goodness of God. I think most of us would say that we believe that God is good. But I kind of wonder if our attitude is revealed otherwise sometimes. When we're murmuring and complaining and have a bad attitude about life, we can say that we believe God is good, but what I believe that reveals is that we may not truly believe that at our core. Because that's the question. Do you believe at your core that God is good? Because our grumbling and complaining is evidence that deep down we question God's goodness. When, we, when He takes something, you think about this, when, uh, when we don't have what we expect from God, when we don't have in this life what we think we ought to have, and then we're upset about that, you know what we're doing? We're questioning the goodness of God. When, we, when, we, when, when something is taken from us, rather than being thankful for what we had or what we still have, we usually fixate on what we don't have anymore. Think about this. When, when, we, when we lose our health, we can't be happy for the years that we had health, and we can't be happy for the health that we still have. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like we're, we're so caught up on what we can't do anymore. Well, what can you still do? And what about the days that you had? The goodness of God. Now, this is a challenging thing that I have before you, but I want to show you that God is indeed good, and I hope that I can communicate that to your heart today to where you can leave here with conviction today that God is good, that God is indeed good. See, because what happens to us, if we're not careful, we allow ourselves to think either that God is without... Listen to this statement. If we're not careful, we think one of two things. That either God is not good enough to exert His power in our lives because things ain't the way they're supposed to be, according to me. God must not be good enough. He's got power, but he, he, He's not exerting His power in my life. He must not be that good. Or we think that God maybe is good, 
but He doesn't have the power to exert in our lives. Now, the thing, well, I'm talking, I'm trying to get deep down a little bit today because what I'm talking to you about is not really on the surface. It's deep down. It's what's revealed through our actions. Uh, you, know, the, 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 you know, we were talking about that, a devotion that uh, Brian and I read this week was talking about, well, you can say you have faith, like James says, but it's really in the trials and really when you really get into the hard parts of life when you really find out what you actually believe. So think about that statement again. We, we, none, of us, none of us would stand up and say, you know, pray for me, Pastor. I think God's powerful, but He's not good enough to change what's going on in my life right now. Not many of us would say that. And not many of us would say, you know what? I believe God is actually really good, but poor old God just doesn't have the ability to help me. He just is limited, and He can't help me. Neither of, we, we would never say those things, but I, I'm challenging you today that our human hearts, that's where they go. Why else are we complaining? Why else would we murmur? When, when we lose a loved one, I thought about this. I found out, so, so I'll just give this to you. When I was a, a, a younger kid, my grandpa died. My grandpa died on my dad's side. Um, now, what if I were to tell you today that there was not a moment that I grieved over my grandpa dying? Not a moment. Would you... I wonder how you would feel about me if I told you I never shed one tear over my dad's father who died. You'd say, what kind of person are you? I'm a person that didn't even know I had this grandpa until earlier this week. I had never even heard his name before. Never even heard his name. My dad's half-sister, which I guess is... My aunt that, again, I think I met when I was probably 12 or something, maybe once. But she posted a picture of her dad, my grandpa. Now, here's the point I'm getting at. And, and, and I'll tell you that, you know, you kind of have a little bit of emotions there. Then it's like, well, that's kind of weird. And I'm seeing pictures of him holding, you know, other grandkids and kids and look like just a fine man. Not a man I ever knew. Not a man I've never even heard of. Because my dad left when I was a baby and all that stuff. And I just... And I knew him somewhat. He was more of a stranger also. But, but my point is this. When my mom died, it wasn't that way. I still cry over that. I still cry over that. I still miss her. I still look at my kids and say, I mean, listen, my mom, Hannah was, my oldest daughter, Hannah, was just weeks from being born when my mom passed away at the age of 43 years old. Now, that, I, you can probably tell that still bothers me to this day. But you want to know why it bothers me? Because God gave me a loving mother. God gave me a mom that I can think about the goodness of God in the way my mom loved me, cared about me. You say, well, why are you mentioning the whole thing with your grandpa? Because I'm saying the reason that didn't bother me is I never knew the guy. Just heard his name for the first time this week. Not upset about it. But my point is this. What, what can happen when we lose somebody is that in, instead of thinking about the great, the, the, the love and the joy that being with them brought us, and listen, and even to this day, I, when I grieve over my mom, I think of it as a memorial. Why? Because that means that God put something in my life and someone in my life and gave me the capacity to love this woman and to feel the love of this woman. So I really have something to miss today in my mom. 
It's because of His wonderful goodness that He gives us the gifts and the blessings in this life. And I'm telling you, God will never allow anything to be removed from our lives unless somewhere in the framework of His goodness it fits. See, and and you you think about that. You think about it this way. I I heard this story, and this is a challenging story, but I'm telling you about a a young couple who got a grasp of the goodness of God and believed at their core that God was good. Matt and Jenny uh, couldn't couldn't have been more excited about the arrival of their firstborn son, Elliot. Even though before Elliot was born, Matt and Jenny knew that their precious baby boy had a fatal syndrome, syndrome, trisomy, or trisomy 18. Trisomy 18 means that you have three chromosomes in the 18th position instead of the normal two. Now, as that sounds, you may be able to gather that that's similar to Down's. But it's different in the chromosome. And the the thing with this particular syndrome is that close to 90% that are diagnosed with this, and it can be diagnosed in the womb, 90% uh, die either in the womb or within days of being born. Somewhere near 8 to 10% may live up to a year. But besides that, it's almost certain death in a very brief amount of time. So, they knew that God had given them a gift. God had given them a baby. God had given them them Elliot, their little baby boy. And and Jenny gave birth to Elliot. And, And what did they do? Here's what Matt wrote, the father He said, we celebrate Elliot's life and the miracle that God has given given us in him each day at 4.59 p.m. with a birthday party. He was born at 4.59 p.m. They knew they only had days with their son. 4.59 p.m., the next day after he was born, having a birthday party for Elliot. We thank God for you, son. We're glad God put you in our lives. For, I mean, balloons, I mean, blowing the, 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 the little uh, noisemakers and the whole thing. 4.59 the next day. Elliot, we're so glad God's given you to us for two days now. Blowing the noisemakers, what a blessing. God's given us a son. For 99 days, they had a birthday every day at 4.59. Until little Elliot went on to be with the Lord. And on Elliot's, at Elliot's funeral, what they did, and still in honor and thankfulness for God giving them a son, is that they had 99 balloons, one that represented, many of you familiar with the story, that for every, one for every day of his life, and on the day of his funeral, they released 99 balloons up into the heavens. Signifying every day that they had time with their son. You know why? Because they believed that God was good. They believed God was good to give them a son. They believed God was good that they'll get to reunite with that son one day in heaven. They believed God was good. And what I want to tell you today is is, is I would, I don't know, that's a challenging thing. Could you imagine doing that? 
But what I want to say is, the conviction that they have, I would love to have some, some measure of that conviction. And I want to try to present to you some things today, just really two main points that I want to give you, about the goodness of God. All the acts of God are the outpouring of God's goodness. Number one, we see in these verses, he started off there in verse 6, Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Thou hast made the heaven, the heavens of heavens, with all their host, and the earth, and all things therein, the seas, and all that is therein. Thou preservest them all. The host of heaven worshipeth thee. And you go on down and you see all this that God did in creation. God is good in creation. I'm not giving you every reason God is good today. I'm giving you two points out of the text, and then I'll give you some more on next week. But I'm just going to give you two reasons why I believe that God is good. See, the thing you need to know about God is God is the self-existent one. He is the great I am that I am. He is self-existent. He is self-sufficient. God did not need a universe. God did not need an earth. God did not need creatures. He was totally self-sufficient within Himself. Well, why would God make all of these things? I'll tell you why. Because God is good. See, it is God who set up our solar system. It is God who placed us at the precise spot in relation to the sun... We know just a little bit closer, this, this, this earth's just a ball of fire. A little bit further away, it's, a, it's just a ball of ice. But no, God made our earth and He set it right in the perfect spot of the solar system. He gave us a moon and the sun that would help dictate much of our, uh, of our environment. He set the rotation of this globe creating times and seasons. And, and by the way, the earth's spinning at just the right amount as it goes. And, uh, and so, so He created our solar system. He created our earth. All of these things are under the care and the creative power of our Creator. He regulates the currents and the life in the seas and the winds that blow across our earth, things that we take for granted. Do you know what would happen if the winds just ceased? Uh, in the earth that's going to happen in revelation but folks god just has these things continuing god has provided all that we need god made this earth the way he made it because god is good every time we sit down for a meal we do so because god is good Every time that we open our drawers and our closet and, and we, we we are met again with the truth God is good. Every piece of art and beauty that we behold is evidence to God's goodness. The Bible says in, uh, and, and somebody says this, because I thought about this part. What about every time I wake up in my home? What about when I woke up this morning in a warm house? And, 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 and I woke up in a house that, that's, uh, that, that we're paying for. And I, and I woke up in a house to where the bills are paid. And I woke up, then I went and got out in a truck and it started up. It, it acted a little bit hesitant, like we all are in this kind of weather. But it started right up. And, and then somebody says, well, preach, hold on. I worked for all that stuff. God didn't give me anything, preacher. I worked for that. But let me share a verse with you. Let me share a truth with you. 
The Bible says in Deuteronomy 8, 18, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that giveth thee power to get wealth. I remember years ago I met a man, his name was Jan. Uh, I imagine that's the first time I'd met a name, man named Jan. I guess you've got to be a tough guy to be named Jan. I, I imagine that it was like a, more of a European thing, and it was Jan at one point. I don't know. Um, but anyway, his name was Jan, and I was talking to old Jan, and Jan told me just that. He said, I have worked every day of my life. I have earned everything I've got. And he just went down on how self-sufficient he was. And then I just looked at, looked at Jan and I said this. I said, Jan, let me ask you this. I said, uh, who put the breath in your lungs? And I said, Jan, let me ask you another question. When you lay down at night, who keeps that heart beating? Who allowed you to retain knowledge? And Jan's response was, you're good. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> but I told Jan what I tell you today I'm not good. God is good. God is good. The Bible says in Psalm 104, verse 24, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. When we think of creation in terms of a personal God, it's a game changer. Think of creation. This is what God's trying to do. Think of creation in terms of a personal God who knows you and loves you. Think about this. He didn't just give us senses, but He gave us many things to gratify our senses. He didn't just cause our eyes to see, but He gave light and color. He gave us beauty for our eyes to behold. He gave us mountains and streams, beautiful flowers, starry nights. I thought about this morning, uh, and I'm telling you, I told, you I, pre- I told many people I preached this to myself before I preached it to you, and so the moment that I'm sitting in my office this morning, and, and, my, and my lovely youngest daughter walks into the, to the room, and, and the first thing I thought when I looked at my daughter is I thought, God is good. God is good. A little bit later, I'm sitting there at my desk, and the way that my desk is situated and my door is open right there, I see my lovely wife just go across there, heading into the kitchen to get her coffee. And, uh, and so it wasn't long to where I got up. I like to see her, and I like to... And so I got up, and I went in there, and I saw my lovely wife just up out of bed. I mean, the robot, the whole thing. And you know what I thought to myself? God is good. Look at what my eyes can behold Hey, my, my beautiful wife. He, he lets us see beauty. He lets us see the loveliness of our children. As I look at my, my daughters, as I look at my son, I think to myself, God is good. I can see them. I can see them. I can, so, so God gave us eyes to see. Think about the beauty that God lets you see. Think about the colors that you see today. Why? Why are there these colors? Why, are, why is there beauty in the earth? I'll tell you why. Because God is good. That's why. Because He created and geared all of creation to be a blessing to mankind. Why else would there be this beauty? It's there because God created it. When we see these things from our hearts, we should cry out, God is good. He didn't just give us ears. But He allows us uh, for us to hear the birds sing, the breeze blow through the trees. 
He he lets us hear beautiful music and the voices of our loved ones. I think about this again, and forgive me, I'm I'm pretty enamored with my wife, but I can can say that probably one of my, not even probably, I think my favorite thing that I've ever seen or heard in this entire earth is the laughter of my wife. When my life, when, when my wife just loses it and gets to laughing and her face is just, I'm telling you, nothing more beautiful I've ever seen, nothing more beautiful have I ever heard, it just floods my heart. Why can I see that? Why can I hear that? Why do I have the emotional, emotional capacity to be blessed by that? You want to know why? God is good. God is good. And so when we think about the goodness of God, He lets us hear. He didn't just let us hear. He let us hear beautiful things. He didn't just give us noses, but He allows us to smell uh, food and many other great smells. Why did God create perfumes and lotions and and things of that nature? And I know God didn't create perfume and lotion, but He he created the means whereby we could make them smell the way... There's so many beautiful smells uh, within nature. When we think about the, the, the flowers and the fruits and the plants and the trees, I look, to, I look for one advantage. I, I mean, me and my wife, I love her, but it's every year it's a fight over whether we're getting a real tree or not. And I demand that we get a real tree. And I'll say this, when it comes to smells, my tree is going to smell better than your artificial tree. <laughs> that smells like dust and all that stuff, all right? Um, and yeah, it's going to make a big old mess, uh, and, but, but, it, but it, it smells good, and it looks good. And, but, but, but we smell the trees. We, we smell, just, man, we're coming up on Thanksgiving. You're going to smell that food cooking. Man, why? Why do we smell that? Why do we see that? Why do we appreciate that? Because God is good. God didn't just give us uh, taste buds and palates, but He gave us tasty food to enjoy. So much, in fact, that we'll never be able to taste all the food and the options there are in the world. Right? You'll never even get to taste it all. It's, it's abundant. God made it all. Think of the fruits, again, the vegetables, the, the meats and the breads. All that God made so that we could taste it. And when we do, we could say, Mmm, God is good. God is good. And I'll tell you this morning, I, I shared it in, before Sunday school, but, but this morning I ate the breakfast that I almost, I'll eat almost every single day of my life. Uh, and I love it so much. Uh, but almost every single day of my life, I eat Greek vanilla yogurt with raw walnuts and raspberries and blueberries. Mm, my mouth is watering as I talk to you. And as I was eating that this morning, you know what I thought to myself? God is good. What if God made you like a panda? And you just hung out in a tree pretty much looking like every other panda. You think about that? You're wearing the same clothes every day. Right? You're hanging out in the tree and you're eating eucalyptus all day. And listen, God's good to those pandas and they seem to enjoy that. But God didn't make us like that. He gave us the ability, He gave us the ability, He he gave us the ability to clothe ourselves. He could have covered us with fur, He did some of y'all, but He could have covered us with fur and just let us run around like a bunch of animals, but He didn't do that. Folks, He gave us clothing. He gave us that which we could wear. And listen, He lets us be stylish. I don't feel very stylish. I feel like I'm very 2000s or maybe 90s today, but... uh, 
I was trying to mix it up, okay? Go retro. But, but he, he gives us the ability to, go, to be stylish and, and to look good and for you ladies to fix your hair and to put on makeup and, and to do all these things. Why does he do all that? Because he's good. He's good. It's because God's good. He didn't have to make us this way. He gave us all these foods to enjoy. And, and listen, and these same senses, by the way, can help warn us about other things. You, you want to know one of the weirdest experiences I've had in the, in the sense of smelling before? You think, where is this going? Uh, <laughs> I'm down in Sergeant Bluff, and, uh, and it was in the afternoon. I was getting hungry. And, and I got out of my truck, and I just thought, I smell tater wedges. I love tater wedges. And, and, and I had a real happy accident. You're talking about the blessings of God. I was at Pizza Ranch one time, Dan, and I got so frustrated because my marinara got over on one of my tater wedges. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want no marinara on my tater wedge. But then I thought, well, I got it. I might as well take a bite. And you want to know something? I discovered something wonderful. You don't want to know why? Because God's good. And so now, one of my go-tos at Pizza Ranch is, man, give me some tater wedges and that marinara, and son, it's going in there right now. God's good. But, but let me get back to the story. I smelled that, and I said, man, I smell tater wedges. Chad is standing right there, and he says, uh, it's not tater wedges. And as soon as he said it, my mind started working, and I thought, that's dog food. <laughs> and you talk about the moment that you, and, and the reason why, for those that don't, may not be from around here, there's a dog food plant down there, and it'll go up in the air, and it used to smell like tater wedges to me. Uh, <laughs> but now, it smells like I'm going to be sick, okay? But, uh, but, but, I, but at least I can smell that, because there's some stuff you can smell and say, that ain't good. Why? Because God's good. You can see stuff, and you can see danger. Isn't it amazing how God created so, so many of these serpents and frogs and stuff like that? Bright colors, beware. Right? Bright colors, beware of these suckers. I mean, it, with many of them, not all of them. But I, but I think of the, the different ways that God's worked. Why? Because He is good. For what purpose? He gave us hands to fill. Oh, my goodness. I get, I, I've got a great blessing. I've got many great blessings today because God is good. But I've got an eight-month granddaughter. And just a few days ago, I'm able to just pick up my great... I'm able to see my great-granddaughter. I'm able to see her smile. I'm able to see the light in her eyes. I'm able to hear her little cries and her little laughs and her little squeals. And and, and then I'm able with my hands to reach down and, and feel her as I pick her up. And I love rubbing her little head. You know, she don't have a whole lot of hair up there. Rubbing that little head and, and, just, and, and just to love and squeeze that little girl. God gave us, see, because I'm talking about the senses, but what about that emotional capacity to feel that great love for a child, for, for, for someone else? Why do we do that? Why is that an option? Because God is good. That's why God is good. God did all of this for that reason. Again, God made the, us mere mortals so that we might enjoy life and be blessed. He did not have to create us this way. He could have made the world gray. He could have given us gray, lumpy gruel to eat for the rest of our days. And that's just what we eat. 
We could have just worn gray clothes for the rest of our lives. We could have never, we, it, he could have done all that, but he didn't. You don't want to know why? Because God is good. God's good to you. And God is good to me. And in addition to that, here's what the Bible says. He gave man dominion over all that he made. Everything he made exists to serve man. All creation is geared to bless mankind. He created us with the emotions, the ability to love, the ability to laugh. Isn't it great to have a sense of humor? And I know some of you don't know but, uh, what that would be like, but, but it's great to have a sense of humor, I promise you. It's wonderful to be able to love, to be able to laugh. He made us relational beings so that we might know and enjoy one. I love my friends. I love, my, I love just people that care about me and I care about them and they've got my back. I like my buddies. And, and, and God made us that way because He's good. And He made us relational so that ultimately He might be able to speak to our hearts that we might be able to have a relationship with Him. God did all of this because God is good. See, the tw 21st century man is consumed with big thoughts of man and small thoughts of God. I'll say that again. 21st century man is consumed with big thoughts of man and small thoughts of God. But for me, I'll believe Psalm 8 verses 3 through 9 where the Bible says, When I consider the heavens the stars, the galaxies, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. How do you like that to mean? Hey, if you're a hunter, Trey, how do you like that? God says, Trey, I put some deer out there running around on your property and on Grandpa's property. And Trey, you want to know something? You've got dominion. You want to go hunt that deer? You go hunt that deer, buddy. Why? Trey, when you're out there hunting, I want you to remember something. God's good. When you go, when you go pheasant hunting, I want you to remember God's good. When you go fishing, I want you to remember God is good. Amen. God's good. So think, but, but he says, when I consider the heavens, have you seen the images of the distant galaxies that are coming out? God shows us all that. That's the work of God's hands. And it reveals His vastness and His greatness. And then it makes His goodness all that more significant to our hearts and lives. He said, when I consider the heavens. Isaiah, I love a few verses out of Isaiah that I'll share with you quickly. Isaiah 40 verse 12. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of His hand? and meted out heaven as with a span. Think about that. You see these galaxies? God was just measuring out with a span. This much, this much. God could measure it out. He said, well, it's immeasurable. That's kind of the point. And comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Verse 26 says, Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? that bringeth out their host by number, 
He calleth all by names, by the greatness of his might, for, for that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Think about this. God, you see all those stars that we have in the universe now? You see some of them. Every one of them have a name. Every one of those suns, those stars, have a name. Isaiah 40, verse 28, Thou hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth his power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Folks, he is good in his creation. He is good. And it says, all of this great, great God says he's going to strengthen him that's weak. It says he's going to care for the lowly. And what that tells us today is this. One thing I can promise you, I don't understand, and not everything that always happens in life is a good thing. Because we live in a sin-cursed world. We live in a sin to where a good God gave man choice and free will. And along with choice and free will, guess what man does a lot? Makes a lot of bad decisions. That affects other people negatively. Indeed. But I'm telling you today, Things may not always be good. People aren't always good. But I'm telling you today, God's always good. I've shared this with you before, but, I, but, I, but I've gone through some things in my life to where I've been concerned over a loved one or concerned over a need. And, th- and there's a, a message that keeps getting repeated in my heart and mind. And it's a question that goes back to the book of Genesis. And the question, it's a rhetorical question, where, God, where, where the question is proposed, will not the judge of all the earth do right? Guess what? The judge of all the earth, our Lord, our God, He's good. And He's going to do right by you. Even if it's something you don't agree with. He's good. Even if something happens that you don't like, God is still good. I'm not saying the circumstance is good, but God is good. So God is good in creation, and then lastly, I'll give this to you in closing. God is good in salvation. Look at verse number 7. The Bible says, Thou art the Lord God who didnest choose Abram and brought him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gavest him the name of Abraham. <laughs> uh, who was Abraham? Who was this man called Abram? Now, I'm not asking you a Bible question. I, I, I am. But what I'm trying to get at is making a point with this question, and that's this. He was nobody. He was just a normal guy like the rest of the guys that was in Ur of the Chaldees. This man, Abram, was not raised learning about the God of Israel. Well, because there was no Israel at this point. Because it was his grandson that would be the first Israelite, Abram, the first Hebrew. But that's another story. But he was nobody. He was like anybody else. Abram was not born with a bright light shining over his home. Abram didn't walk around with this halo over his head. Abram didn't like float around the, 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 the country of Ur. Wow, look at Abram go. There he goes again, floating around everywhere. He was just a normal man, just like you and I are normal people, normal men and women. But he was a man that God sought out. He was a man that one day God came knocking at his door. He was a man whom God sought. Now this man, who at one time was nothing, you think about it. He was nothing one day. He was a nobody. But all of a sudden God says, I want to make you a somebody. Why? Because God's good. He raised him up to be a great nation. He led him to Canaan, through Canaan, not him, but his family, his descendants, his descendants. 
according to the flesh are still with us today. His descendants, according to faith, are among us right here in this room today, this man called Abram. But it all started, why? Because God worked in his life. And I bring this down to this question. What about you? Uh, now you can tell me, I've got to be careful sometimes with people, but you can tell me, was there a bright light shining over the hospital the day you were born? Was it just like, oh, you know, and the angels singing? And, and, did they, and did they raise you up and said, oh my gosh, she's glowing. This is amazing. This must be the promised child. No. You were much like all them other babies in there. Now, you were different, and you're special, and I understand that God made each of us unique and special, but the point is, by man's standards, we're pretty much all the same. There wasn't anything I don't think about most of us as we walk through life to where God started looking down and was like, oh my goodness, boy, I see their talents and I see their abilities. If I could just incorporate that into my work, just think where it would go. I need them. <laughs> doesn't work that way. God sees us, and not based on any merit whatsoever, He shows grace to us. Because in spite of us being just pretty normal people, and if we'd be honest, pretty sinful people, because if you're not, what happens with, what happens with people? If they're not outwardly sinful, they're usually pretty proud about it. Right? And they can boast about it. Well, guess what that is? That's sin as well. So, but, but this God, just like he did with Abram, God is good in creation. He's good in salvation. God came knocking at your door one day. You remember that? Do you remember you were just going about your life? I just, I just happened to go to a funeral? I wasn't going to a funeral because I said, man, I sure do need God. I was going to a funeral because I was going to a funeral. But there was a preacher that got up and preached the word of God. And I'm telling you, God met me right there on the back pew to the right. Started knocking on my heart's door. Started speaking to me. Just like he was calling out Abraham, God was calling me out. Oh, I want to tell you, it was just within a few weeks that the Lord saved my soul. Why? Because God is good. He came and presented His redemption story to me. His story of love that yes, although I was a sinner, Jesus went to the cross, even though my sin separated me from God, that Jesus shed His blood and gave His life to pay for my sin, that if I would just simply believe in Him, turn and believe on Him, I would be saved. And I did that that day. Why? Because God is good. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment, okay? Uh, Sonia, want you, I think you're playing today, if you would, please. And we're going to be wrapping up. But I want you to think about this right before we leave. If you sit and think about it long enough, what rational sense does it make that you're sitting here today? Now, I'm just telling you. You go back to when the Lord saved me. It doesn't make sense to where you would say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense that he's there. Think about it this way. There's some of you that it's a little bit more recent. All right? What if some of you, what if somebody would have told you a couple months ago, hey, uh, guess what? In a couple months, you're going to be sitting in Elk Point Baptist Church. You'd have stopped right there and said, yeah, good one. Good one. I'm not going to be there. I love Miss Tony's testimony. 
If somebody would have told me this church started in a storefront, and if somebody would have told Miss Tony, hey, Miss Tony, you're going to go over there to that little store, that little strip mall church over there. No, I'm not. No, I I'm certainly will not be going into there. But guess what? Next thing you know, she finds herself in there. Next thing you know after that, she finds herself hearing the gospel. Next thing you know after that, she hears God knocking at her door. So what to think about that? What if somebody would have told you, oh yeah, you're going to be down there at that Baptist church and you're going to be enjoying it. What if somebody went so far as to say, you're going to be one of them. <laughs> you would have never believed it. But why is that the case? Because God is good. God is good. Amen. Let's all stand. The Bible says in Romans chapter 2 verse 4, it says, The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God is good. He cares about you. He loves you. And I want to tell you today very plainly, God knows your name. God knows your name. If you're not saved today, maybe He's knocking at your door today, speaking to your heart. You know why? Because He loves you, because He's good, because He wants you to know Him as Savior. Would you be willing to call on Him today? The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you be willing right now to say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe that you rose again the third day, and right now I admit to you, I confess my sin. I want you to forgive me of my sin, and I want you to come into my heart and my life and be my Lord and Savior. Do you know if you'll pray a prayer like that from the heart today, God will save you? How about you, child of God? At your core, do you believe in the goodness of God? Or, like me, do you kind of forget sometimes? It, does your attitude reflect that you believe that God is good, but He don't have the power to intervene? Or, do you believe that God is powerful, but for some reason that God must not love me? God must be upset with me. Whatever it is, so therefore God's not going to be good to me, even though He could be good to me. Is that what you believe? i tell you what I was reminded about again today. Steve, God's good. God's good. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your faithfulness. And I pray that you'll help us to have a conviction. Because it is the absolute truth. You are good. And my deepest prayer, God, is for if there's anybody here that does not know you as Savior... They do not know you relationally. They, they, they have a head knowledge of you, but they don't know you as Savior. God, I pray they will not leave this place today without making sure that they know you as Savior. And I pray that you'll help us, your people, to get a hold of your goodness. God, may we repeat with every blessing, every time we see, smell, hear, feel, that may we be reminded that God is good. Lord, help us today, God, and we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, thank you.